praise the Lord, Rock Harbor Church. Let's praise the Lord this morning. You have a lot of reasons this morning uh, to not be happy. You got a lot of reasons out there this morning to, to be upset or to be frustrated. And in your own personal life, you've got uh, maybe some things that, that try to distract you and are pulling at you this morning. But this morning, we're here gathered for a purpose and a reason. We're here to worship the King of Kings. Amen. That's who we're here for. So despite those things, despite what the government is doing, despite what's going on in your own life, despite all those things, let's worship the Lord. Yes. Let's just enjoy the presence of the Lord this morning. Father, thank you. Father, we're just, we're, we're blessed to be here this morning, Father God, amongst uh, each other in, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We're grateful, God, for your blessings, Lord. I pray your anointing on this place this morning. Touch our pastor and the word as it comes forth. Bless this place this morning, God, as, as hallowed ground. And, I, Father, I pray this morning we honor your presence and respect you. And, Father, as you come and bless and minister, Father, I pray that our hearts would be ripened and ready to receive from you, Lord. Thank you for this this morning, Lord. Thank you for what we're about to receive. Have your way in this service. In Jesus' name. Father, we just yield this morning. We relinquish self to you, God. Yes. You're the one who can do all we have needed. You're the one who can fill us with your spirit. Save us with your blood. Deliver us, cleanse us, make us whole, God. You're the one that's able to do more than we can even imagine, Lord. Today we just, I come with a sense this morning. God, there's attack. There's an onslaught of the enemy upon your church. There's the agents of hell in full operation this morning. They're attempting to dismantle and to weaken. But we will stand upon your word. We will stand upon the name of Jesus. We will stand upon the blood. We will stand upon the work of the cross. We will proclaim you, God. Father God, we will receive unto ourselves the promises of your word. And Lord, I thank you today that we have the ability, the God-given ability, to worship you and to praise you to come and give you thanks for all that you have done and knowing God that we are safe in the shelter of the almighty thank you this morning Lord in your mighty name amen amen praise be to God hallelujah I know it's been said but there's nobody like God nobody you may be seated this morning. Brothers are going to come and assemble up here. We're going to receive the tithe and offering and continue to bless the Lord. Give unto Him. Come on, brother. Brother Lake, would you lead us in prayer here this morning before the offering and offer this Heavenly Father, God. It's just absolutely amazing, God, Lord, to see you move in this place, yeah, to move amazing. amongst your people, you, God. Yes, Lord, it's Lord. beautiful and amazing, God, Lord, to see your people move you, God, Lord, to praise out to you, God, and you react, God. And we get touched, God, we see you move, Lord. People are blessed, God, Lord. Strongholds are broken. We're thankful, Father, Lord. 
We're offering this up to you, God, Lord. Lord, we pray, God, Lord, for the giver, the receiver, God. We just pray that you continue to keep pushing, Lord. Keep moving on us, God. Stir us yes, up, God. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Break us, Lord. Let us submit to you, Father, Lord, and see your awesomeness. We praise you and worship you in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise the Lord. Lord. You know, you're in the house of the king this morning. Amen. Amen. Not the king of America. Not the king of any place else on earth. We're in the house of the king of glory. Amen. Amen. Hey, Lord, we are grateful today. Stand with me. Let's proclaim the word. Oh, hallelujah. Shout it like you mean it. This is the word of God. This, this is, is the word of God. God. I will walk in it. I will walk in it. I'll abide by it. I'll abide by it. I'll adhere to it. I'll adhere to it. I'll stand upon it. I'll stand upon it. For it is my strength. For it is my strength. It is my power. It is my power. And it is my life. It is my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Praise be to God. You may be seated. Children are dismissed this morning. We had a great beginning this morning. Amen. Sure, the Lord's not through. Hallelujah. He's never through. I think we can agree this morning. It's been said multiple times here that uh, even though I stand behind the pulpit along with a lot of other folks around the world today, somewhere, uh, we're actually all ministers. We are disciples of Christ. Can you hear me all right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> I want to address something before I go any further this morning. I can sense when there's something attempting to hush worship to the Lord. You know, it's been here this morning. We've had worship, but there's an attempted hush on it. I'm not going to lie out, are we? No. no. Nope. I've mentioned the blood of Jesus several times. I've mentioned the work of the cross several times. This word. Amen. The weapons by which we operate. Yeah. Would you go to prayer with me this morning? Somebody here needs the Lord. I hope everybody does. More of him anyway. But I guarantee you, somebody here needs a touch from the Lord. They need God's help. Amen. And there's always around somewhere, there's these little hindering powers. Sometimes they congregate. I'm not trying to scare anybody this morning. This is fact. And we need to do the battle that's necessary to be done. Amen. To expel them. To evict them. All right? Let's go. Heavenly Father, we come this morning. We plead that blood of Jesus over this entire service, this congregation, every word spoken. I pray, God, if there be a soul here this morning that is in desperation, I ask you, God, Father, to meet the need they brought. For there be whatever, God, they need delivered, God, they need saved, they need healed, they need whatever. I pray this morning, Lord, we, we know the work of the cross. We believe in the cross. We believe in the blood of Jesus that was shed there. We believe in the sacrifice, the life that he gave of himself, Lord God, for, these, for our welfare, God, for our salvation, God. 
And Father, we know, God, that that is powerful. The blood's powerful. The cross is powerful. Your word is powerful. And we utilize them this morning to declare victory over the enemy. Almighty God, Father, you are the eternal God. You're the supreme God. You're the holy God. And we declare you as God. This church will honor you. We will praise you. We will worship you. We will glorify you. We will lift you up. Exalt in your mighty name. In the name of Jesus. Praise Amen. Thank you, Lord. We're all ministers. You're a minister. The Bible makes us so. You believe the Bible? Amen. We're wrestling with some things. The fight is on. The battle is around us. Many times you heard this. Have you heard it till you get tired of it? Just because we get tired of it doesn't mean it doesn't still exist, and it doesn't mean that it's not real. It's becoming more so. And Christians need to understand and realize it's dead serious. Amen. There are things being allowed in our vicinity that is absolutely demonic. It's unbelievable. And it's raging. Should tell us something. The end is nearing. What's our mission? To be ministers. In the book of 2 Timothy, if you'll turn there, written by Paul the Apostle, going to try to be audible this morning there's even something going on with the system as you heard this morning we don't have to have a system no. I've still got a voice Amen. you still got a voice Amen. we can still proclaim right Amen. not only in the church right yep. out there as well Paul speaking to Timothy here in chapter number 4 he declared something 2 Timothy 4, beginning with verse number 1. Three words. He started out. He said, I charge thee. I charge thee. See, you, you can't really, at least biblically or spiritually, effectively charge anything or anybody unless you've got a backing to that charge. Because charge means there is an authority that stands behind what you're charging someone with. It's a command to action, okay? That's what a charge is. But if it doesn't have any support or it doesn't have any authority or it doesn't have any backing, it's only a word. But this is not only a word. This is a command. Now this was spoken a long time ago. We have it in writing here in your Bible. 
but it's just as effective today as it was when it was spoken. I've said that Amen. before here. Don't take the Bible as some ancient document that just was meant for those that lived when it was written. It's effective today and it's effective for every one of us. You are ministers. I'm a minister. We're ministers of the gospel. If we're Christians, if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the death, burial, and resurrection and we've accepted Him and asked His forgiveness and made Him Lord of our lives, I'm going to tell you, you're a minister. I may be designated one and many times you may not see yourself as that, but we all are. So, Paul is saying when he, he begins here, in his more than emphatic address to this young man, thank God for the young people. Amen. Say that. Thank God for the young people. I, I noticed the attentiveness of the young people. Somebody made a statement this morning hey, these young people are outnumbering us. Amen. That's a good problem. Amen. Us old folks just needs to catch up. Got a bigger hand in that for him. We love you guys. Appreciate all of you. You're going to go places. Stay with the Lord. You're going to go places. That's not just a promise for me, that's a guarantee of the word. But how do we do that? You know, charge is significant here. Charging is not just drifting into a church and listening for a little bit and then leaving and going and doing your own things, and, and that's the end of it. Amazing again, I caught on earlier when you said that, and I'm thinking, just wait, buddy, because this one, this one is almost an overlay, and I never looked at the lesson before uh, that Tanner pre uh, taught this morning in Sunday school. We're disciples, right? Amen. Ministering disciples. We learn and we go, right? Amen. Disciple learns, and he's supposed to go. He's supposed to go minister. Continually. Said, I charge thee therefore before God. Here's your authority. God's the authority. He's the one that's given us the authority to go. He's the one that, that is our support. He's the one that is that backs up the gospel. Backs up his word. Backs up those that will go forth with it. That's us. Man, was there ever a time when something like that needs to be going on as much as today? The world's falling apart. Sin is rampant. Evil is absolutely everywhere in the atmosphere. People are falling victim to the tricks of the devil and the agents of him. Well, there needs to be a, a charge gotten a hold of by God's people. It's like it's beyond time to move. What I'm saying? There's work to be done here, Timothy. This is what you got to do. There's a responsibility and a charge. Tremendous responsibility. You may not have been aware of that when you got saved or you give your life to the Lord. You might have not really been aware of it at the time, but there is a tremendous responsibility that came along with that. And that is to reach somebody else for Jesus. To carry the message that they can receive the same thing I received. They can be rescued from hell like I was rescued from hell. Folks, that's important. Whether the church has forgot it or not, this one's not going to forget it. Rescuing people from hell is the mission of the church. It's not entertainment. It's telling them the truth. That's what Paul's talking about here. 
The truth is what works. The truth of God is what cuts, penetrates. Therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. That one also seems to be pretty much shoved out the window. Judgment? Yeah. Who worries about that? Well, I don't know about worrying, but you better know it's real. Amen. See, here's the course of action. There's a judgment coming. Christ Jesus is going to be the judge. But there's some things you need to do here before that happens. Amen. And what it is, is more important than anything you can ever take on. And it's being a minister. Effectively. And we all can do that. Look what he says in verse 2. Preach the word. Amen. He didn't say make a noise. Uh -huh. He said preach the word. This word. He didn't say preach my word. Or somebody else's word. Or my opinion. Or my creation. He said preach the word. What's the word do? What I said. Cuts. And it penetrates. And it reaches. And it does something. Man's words are vain. There can be a lot of pretty things said. I'll agree to that. There can be a lot of charisma thrown in the box. There can be a lot of dainty preparation to display to a crowd of people. Preach the word. Preach the word because the word is what does it. Be instant in season and out of season. Be ready at all times. What we've been talking about. Prepared is ready. Ready is prepared. What are we ready for? Be ready for anything. Well, this is getting pretty thick now. I see, Brother John, it's getting pretty thick here because it's going somewhere and I just don't know about this. And that's the opinions of a lot of folks. I'll let somebody else do this because it gets a little dangerous, it looks like. It is. I guarantee you it is. We're getting ready to see how dangerous it gets. Next word. Reprove. You know what reprove means? It means you lay the offense at the subjector's feet. How popular is that? That means you tell people what their sins are. Short and sweet. Well, that sounds like you're accusing. You are. But you do it out of a love for their soul. You're not the judge. Jesus is the judge. But that's exactly what it's... If people aren't reproved, if they're not made known what the sins that they're doing is, they're never going to get it. And that has been vacated much out of the church of our society. 
Uh-huh. That being the very thing that draws people to Jesus. Make them know what their sins are. Not that you're being hard or brutal or unloving or unkind or judgmental or anything. It's to draw their attention to what it is they're doing that's separating them from God who loves them more than we do. So if we let that one go and we bypass that one, we might as well fold up and go to the house because I'm going to tell you why. People are not going to get convicted. I can sugarcoat you. I can pamper you. I can do a lot of things that will make you feel good and everybody walk out these doors feeling real good. But you see, that's not the word. I don't find sugarcoat anywhere in the Word of God. I don't find pamper anywhere in the Word of God. I don't find justify sins anywhere in the Word of God. I don't find, well, it, yeah, but that's okay anywhere in the Word of God. Preach the Word. Preach the Word. Does that make me an enemy? Sometimes. I'd be crazy to stand up and say, no, it never does. Absolutely it does. It'll make you somebody's enemy. You're going to offend some folks. That's part of it. I'm not saying you even mean to, but this offends some people when you start naming sins and you start preaching the word and the conviction affects people in different ways. But you see, as the ministers, as Christians, as disciples of Christ, this is our responsibility. It, and it, it's not you, you're you have to be careful in approach I admit that because we were there once too right yes. yeah. don't look at somebody and say you're a sinner oh thank God for the saving grace of Jesus because we was all sinners at one time Amen. doing various different things mm-hmm. in the blood wonderful Amen. covered in the blood this morning yeah. come under the cross yeah. isn't that great sins forgiven sins gone erased totally don't exist anymore but you see there's a world of people out here that can't say that they're living in it they're living in it and it may sound really strange I don't tell you some of them do not even know the difference because it's got them so who's going to make the difference church at least attempt to well it's a brutal world out there man I tell you what you face some of these people they'll just they'll get all upset yes they will that's part of reproving folks it's not it's not up to the preacher to go reprove folks now that happens and I'm going to tell you, you can get real artistic with this if you'll just practice a little bit and try, and you can get into people with it without approaching them like the bully. You know how you do that? Through the love of God. Yeah. Through prayer. You got somebody specific in your life that you know needs Jesus? Pray to God. Help me, Lord. Give me the words. Give me the opportunity. Give me what I need to say to that person to make them realize that what they're doing is sinful and wrong and it's a violation and a separation between them and God. And he says, rebuke. Reprove, rebuke. T 
people have to know that there's consequences. They have to know that there is a judgment. A punishment, if you will. And nobody likes to think about that. Nobody wants to talk about it. Well, that'll scare people and they might not come back if we start talking about punishment. If we can sow a seed, even though somebody does get upset and leave, maybe it's enough that they'll start thinking about it, huh? Hey, they might really be this place that I don't want to go. And there could really be that place that all them Christians say they're looking forward to going. There's a drastic difference between the two and what makes up in the middle is us, the church, trying to get people there. Amen. Instead of there, right? Amen. Rebuking. Sound like a bad word, but it's really just get them to understand that there, there is a consequence to the life you're living. I love you, I, I, I want you to know, but there's a consequence. If you keep doing what you're doing, if you keep living the way you are, if you keep committing sin every day and living and practicing it, there's a consequence to that. As hard as it may be to try to make them understand, the consequences are eternal. Either we do or we don't. And I'm not saying all of them's going to accept it. It's been often said, if you can save one, think what you've done. Realize just one. So we shouldn't quit at one. It's amazing how if you seek God and you, you truly do that and you ask Him for these opportunities and for the words, how He'll bring that about in some of the most unforeseen times. Just out of the blue, somebody will appear to you and you'll just get that wonderful moment to inject something. Got the opportunity to do that yesterday. Out in the middle of nowhere. Who'd ever thought it, huh? <laughs> thought I was all pretty much all alone. Thank God for that. Got to speak, got to witness, got to get something on somebody's mind, get it whirling. And exhort. Exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Well, we brought them to the knowledge of their sins by reproving. We've explained to them that there's consequences and there is a place that you really don't want to spend your eternity. There's another place where you really do want to spend your eternity. Now we're going to give them hope. Exhort. Hope. We begin to, to convey to those the wonders and the the just the the spiritual of having a relationship with the Lord. See, this this is a step by step process. Don't start with this ladder because they're probably not going to get it. If you you start with you've got to identify. You've got to identify what you're doing and then get it rolling around in their head. Okay, realizing you know, I didn't ever. I've had people tell me I didn't really know that was wrong. I never did know that was a sin. But thank you. I'm telling you, there's people out there that don't know. And until they're told, 
Churches and preachers told. Christians and disciples told. Lovingly told. Many are not going to know. We exhort. We're given the promise. This is what you can have. We share our experience. Is that not a lot of exhortation? We share our relationship. What's happened to us? What's happened with us? I used to be where you're at. I might have even been doing the same things you're doing. But I got freedom because there's a man named Jesus that happens to be the Son of God that came to earth from heaven to rescue mankind. And you're one of them. I was one of them. So I want you to be one of them with me now because I've received him. It's very simple what you got to do. It's not complicated at all. Believe upon him. Accept him as your Savior. He'll forgive you of your sins if you ask him. Wash you and cleanse you. And that old thing that's had you bogged down in your life and contaminated you and polluted you and made you feel miserable and terrible, guess what? He'll wash all that away. He'll give you a new life. A new life. The world's in need of this very thing. In need. People all around you and me in need of this very thing that are going down that road towards that cliff just as fast and hard as they can go. Somebody's got to get them before they get to the edge. And that's coming. The edge is coming. That point where nothing you can do now because it's over. This charge to Timothy was, as Paul gave it, Totally inspired of the Holy Spirit because he said he's literally saying in this day and time. Well, he's still literally saying in this day and time because we're closer than we were then. We have to realize we need to turn on the emergency switch. Still loving what I'm seeing with the altars. Something's happening. Thank you, folks. Verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. It's a bonus, folks. Amen. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Now it kind of shifts gears right here. But it's all still in the same context. There's coming a time when it's going to get harder. They will not endure sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. What's the only sound doctrine? This doctrine. How many doctrines are there? Zillions. Because they're fabricated by man. This one is not fabricated by man. It's fabricated, put together, and spoken by God. 
This is it. They will not endure this. They don't want any part of it. Does that mean we should quit? No, because there's still those that will. We'd love to have that 100%. I heard that this morning. We'd love to have that 100%, wouldn't we? But what if you only get one? It's all worth it, isn't it? Yeah. I, can't, I can't give you the formula. I can't give you the percentage. What this tells us to go. It gives us a charge. Go. Put self into action. Be about the master's business. Be a soul winner. Lead somebody to Jesus. Be that instrument that made the difference. You ever done that? You have to raise your hand. You ever done that? You ever been the instrument that made the difference in somebody's eternity? Made you feel fun, terrible, didn't it? No, it's a joy, isn't it? It's a joy to lead somebody to the Lord. It's a joy to see somebody change their destination for their eternity from hell to heaven. Amen. I know hell, it's not mentioned much anymore. Doesn't make it any less real. But see, there's, there's hope in Jesus, and that's what we have to convey to this lost, miserable, dying, hurting society all around us. That's literally filled with people that need rescue. That was Timothy's mission. That was Paul's mission. That's our mission. Hebrews 6, 19, talking about hope, it says, which hope is the anchor of our soul that is sure and steadfast, which entereth in to the veil. That's hope. Hope is our anchor, right? Hope is what secures us. Hope is what holds us. And the hope is what Paul is encouraging and charging Timothy to go with. Tell him about the hope that is in Jesus because that is the anchor. Did you catch that? Which goeth into the veil? That means which goes behind the veil. Goes into the presence of God. Hope goes into the presence of God. Your hope goes into the presence of God. Hope and faith. Which makes the difference. Teachers having itching ears. Your ears itch. If they itch, and it better not be from what I'm telling you. Come on. Truth. Preach the word. Itching ears. That which not the real deal, but it still satisfies anyway. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. Fables. There's some terms, fairy tales, fables. Well, a fairy tale is something just pure out of the air. You know, you just kind of fabricate these little figures and that's a fairy tale. A fable is something that uses something that does exist, but it twists it and contorts it to make it a whole lot more colorful and a whole lot more pleasant and a whole lot more appealing and a whole lot more entertaining. You catch it? Sometimes this isn't pleasurable. Some's not, sometimes it's flat out not entertaining. Sometimes it don't seem real colorful. But you give into it, 
and you get involved in it and you accept it and you get that Holy Spirit charge, your life will get color. Amen. You'll have a peace nobody else has got. Amen. You'll have joy in your step, bounce in your life. And that's the truth. That's the absolute. See, the contortion of the truth is the plan about us today. Just contort it, just twist it a little bit. Get people to believe something a little bit different, and then you can get them to believe a whole lot different. And then you can get them involved in things that are not godly at all. You can even think, make them think that they're worshiping the Lord when they're really not. What? Really? Absolutely. We talk about this a lot. We talk worship here a lot. But worship's got to be right. Worship can't be worshiping a man or somebody on the stage or a concept or a wild opinion. When you worship God, you worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Truth, biblical. We could talk a lot. I don't have time to go out on that limb. But believe you me, it's happening. People are being sucked in like you wouldn't believe to something that they think is one thing and it's not. Compare it with the Word. Preach the Word. Compare what you do with the Word. Compare worship with the Word. That's what he says. Watch thou in all things endure afflictions. Interesting. Afflictions. How's that strike your mind? Endure afflictions? We're ministering here. Path is supposed to be easy. No obstacles, no hindrances. Nobody that's offended, nobody that, that's stirred up, aggravated, mad, angry. I'm telling you, that's going to happen. He said, endure them. Endure the opposition. It's going to be there. You're going to run up against people that don't want to hear you. You're going to find people that will oppose you. More so, huh? Now? Anybody seeing it? More so oppose you? But that still doesn't mean that there's people out there that will listen. That will receive. You can't quit just because afflictions arise. You can't stop just because there's a problem come up in front of you. Or an angry face or whatever. The gospel must go forth. And the only way the gospel can go forth is through the ministers that have Jesus Christ in their lives Amen. in order to be effective. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Y'all know y'all are evangelists? What's evangelists do? They preach the word. They minister the word. They reach people for Jesus. They don't hide. They're not ashamed of the gospel. They do the word. As I've said many times, you can know the word, but if you don't do the word, like I'm just saying what James said in his book, if, if you, all you do is know the word and you don't do the word, you're not effective. 
You can know the whole thing from front to back, all in between. You can, you can verbatim spit out the scriptures and memorize them. But if that's all you do, it's ineffective. you got to do the word. Act it. Carry it out. That's what Paul's telling Timothy here. Charging him. I've heard some of your accounts of you, you know, various conversations through months back and such, how you share with me the opportunities. And don't think I, I turn a deaf ear to that or that I don't remember. I pick up on them and it encourages me because you tell me of the opportunities that you were afforded and you got to sit down and talk to somebody about the Lord sometimes that really needed him <coughs> desperately right then. Yep. Amen. Who do you think created that? Isn't it great? You think you might have made a difference? Absolutely. We talked this morning, some plant the seeds, some water it, and some do get to harvest, but keep planting the seeds. If you're a waterer, keep watering. You get to harvest, praise God, harvest. Look around here this morning, just take a glance and tell me what the people here this morning we're gonna have we're gonna have to get some added on. <laughs> In such a time as this? Yes, sir. Well, it's about over. It's too bad out there. They're letting devils perform on the stage and sing to young people. We might as well give up. No, we're not. You raise up the banner of Jesus Christ and you march in the battle, amen? And you carry the blood of the Lord, amen? And you speak the word of God and you keep going. You don't give up and you don't let anything that's of the demonic realm stand against you because they don't have the authority to do it in the first place. Amen. The problem with many people is they're stricken with fear. They're afraid of this, afraid I'll be uh, rejected, afraid I won't be liked anymore. Well, absolutely. I'm standing here this morning, Taylor. Quite a few folks that don't like me anymore. And there's going to be folks that didn't like Paul. And they didn't like Timothy. And they didn't like Peter. And they didn't like the others. They didn't even like Jesus. But if we're fearful, we're never going to get anywhere. In 2 Timothy 1.7, the word says, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power love and a sound mind. Amen. You couple those three together, do you really need anything else? Where's the power come from? You got God power? You got love? Isn't love first? All the gifts you can have that you can move mountains and do all these things, what's he say the greatest one? Love. Power in itself. And a sound mind. I'll say it again. Get your head on straight. And if you want it on real straight, just get this word in it. Amen. It'll remove the junk out of your brain. Yes, it will. Thank you. Yes, it will. Well, won't it? Yeah. yeah. It'll evict, exterminate, Mr. Exterminator. It'll exterminate the crud. Power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. Romans 6.23, Paul said, 
for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life Amen. through Amen. Jesus Christ Amen. our Lord. Amen. It's what we need to be carried. You'll bring them in if you do this. You'll turn some heads around. You'll change the direction of some souls. Will you get everybody you talk to? No. You'd love to, but no. Take advantage of the opportunities God provides. Would you stand? Altars are open as we conclude this service. We all make decisions. I love it. If you need to come pray, come ahead. Nobody's saying that you're lost and undone. You know, if somebody needs prayer, they need saved, they need salvation, come pray for them. You need something yourself, come pray. You really want to fulfill the scriptures? Ask God. Help me, Lord. Young people, listen to me. Y'all got a firefight out there. We may not see a lot of times that these youngsters are in the middle of a battle, but they are too, I promise you. They see a lot of things. And they see a lot of their young friends and such that are caught up in the mix. You too can be exactly what I'm talking about this morning. I'm not going to lie to you this morning and say that you might not be rejected because you probably will. But you still plant seeds. Your life plants seeds. And maybe those around you that are really doing some things that you know is going to be destructive for them if they don't stop it, you may be the one to reach them or to finally reach them. Don't be afraid. God's got you back. He's the authority you're working for.